three-piece title. Divination, which is to try and figure out the unknown, the future. Ooh. I did not know that word. Ooh. You do when you take the bones. I even did any. I probably Mendel didn't misspell it. I'm just posting it. Fortunate. Right, right, right. right. So, um, By the way, the animal, what is the Yidoini? Rashi writes in Chumash, Yidoini, you have to take the bone of a Chaya, Sheshmo Yodua. The name is known. It's not meant to be Yodua, it's Yodoya. The name is Yodoya. We read it as the name is known. It's funny, so why is it it's known or it's not known? You know, people say it's well known because nobody knows about it, right? But it's actually Yodoya. But what, what's this animal? This, this, you mentioned it, the Sefer Achinuch. It was 800 years ago, says he found the manuscript from the Go'inim, going back a couple hundred years before him. That there's a type of beast which looks just like a human, face, arms, feet, and everything, but it's attached to the ground via... Uh, did we do that? Did we, uh, we touched we on it in the it? Sunday morning. Through its belly button, it's attached to the, the ground, and anything that it can reach, it tears apart. The only way you can kill it is if you have to Cut shoot the... from afar... Via an arrow or a and bullet cut, to cut the, cut the cord. Thing. It's a fascinating. Uh, it's the between Chai uh, and the. Uh, so Rashi, it's based on a pasuk in Eiv where it says. Um, pasuk refers to them, and Rashi says Min Adam. It's a type of species of humans. It's not humans. It's a you know a variation of species of humans, and that gets back to the the other shit we had about uh, reverse Darwinism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we're exactly. talking about everything almost. Now, so I'm, I'm running out of topics. All right, we can revisit them, give a different spin. Some of these guys. You're okay with spin a wheel and just start over. But you know what they say, a good, uh, <clears throat> a good, a rabbi, a good joke, he can say once every five years. A good story, once every two years. A good vart, twice in the same yeah. situation. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so divination, and then the goyrul of the Vilna Gaon. We'll discuss what that is. And the third thing is the Rogachover coming from nowhere. And we'll explain what that's all about. Mm. Okay, so we'll, we'll go straight into it. The Torah says twice in the Chumash, you can't follow the ways of the people of Canaan, the ways of the black magic, the black arts. Fortune-telling, divination, magic, communing with the dead, etc., etc. The Torah is very serious about it. Some of these crimes carry the death penalty, some carry Chorus, some carry Malchus. It's highly serious. And the Abish, in fact, says that the, one of the reasons I'm kicking out all the Goyim from Israel is because they were doing these things. Eretz cannot tolerate it. Fine. One of these things is referred to as Nichush. Nichush is to divine. What we mean by that is that you make a sign to yourself and say, if A happens, then it will be fortunate for me to go down this path. We do this every and Sunday. And if B happens... Yeah. <laughs> if B happens then I'm going to go down a different path. Now, we may discuss if flipping a coin is similar to this. The Pashtus Nichush is not like flipping Nichush when you divine, is when you really feel that based on this sign, this is going to lead to something to happen to you. Whereas uh, flipping a coin, we'll see, according to most people, 
<clears throat> doesn't fall under this issue, even though you will decide your fate based on it, because you're not linking any uh, substance to the side of the coin that it lands on. You just made a sign for yourself. But we'll get back to that. And let's see how this relates to this week's parasha. So we begin with number one. Number one is a copy from a Gemara in Chulin, Daf The Gemara says a story, and the Gemara analyzes the story. And this is where the whole discussion begins. And uh, Rabbi said it's very interesting. It also, we're also going to get into writing to the Igris and Mitzvah Shem if we have time, because it's all part of this. You know, if you write to the Igris and you open it and you decide your future based on that, it could mamish be a problem of divining. We'll see some of the loopholes and why it could be okay and why, in fact, it might even be a, a shtikul mitzvah according to some. Some will hold it's navera. I mean, there's opinions across the board, you know. The Mesnagdim will say it's forbidden, obviously. You know, the Mishachistim will say it's a mitzvah and then uh, and others will say, you know, whatever, uh, however you feel your hiskashus is. Okay. Let's get back to number one. Says the Gemara story. Rav hava ka'ozel rav chonon chasnei. Rav was heading to his son-in-law, Rav Chonon. He lived across the water. You know, it was a safe uh, distance between the, <clears throat> the son-in-law and the father-in-law. There was a river in between. How do you cross? Not via a bridge, a ferry. Now, usually this ferry was a pain and a half. You had to prearrange it, and it was a schlep until they came. It was a major hassle. Rav arrives at, by the dock, and the ferry is almost by, has almost already come. Rav was very excited. He sees the ferry heading to him. Omar Rav says, The ferry's coming to me. Today's my lucky day. There must be a good day on the other side by my son in law's home. It must be some celebration. Ozal. Rav went to the other side. Come above, he stood by the gate of his son-in-law's home. Oidik means he gazed. Bebizar is a crack, the dosha of the, the doorway. He looks through. Chazi, and he sees chayusa, there's animals. The tali, which are hanging from the roof. They're aging steaks and salami. They're aging meats. This is an old practice. Meats hanging from the roof. That's what Rav sees. So taka, there's episode, there's some barbecue, big barbecue happening over here. Taraf Abava, Rav knocks on the door. Nafuk, they come out, they see Rav's there. So you can imagine the whole house empty, empties out. The whole house empties out. Also, Kula Amalape, the whole place came to, to, to greet Rav. Also, Tabochi Nami. The butchers who were dealing with the meat, they also left the kitchen. They came out to greet Rav. Now, the Gemara there is discussing a Sugyan Halacha, which is referred to as Bosser Shenis Alam Minhoayin. If you have kosher meat and then, you know, you left it on a table, you come back two days later, how do you know it's the same meat that's there? Someone could have taken it, replaced it, and uh, you wouldn't really eat such a piece of meat unless you have some identification uh, that you can identify it. What? Plumber. Yeah. So that's the sugi. By the way, Rav is the one. It's a machlekes in the Gemara, by the way, and in the Rishonim about... You know, do we actually take this concern seriously, and and how serious do we take it? Rav was the Rav was the main instigator of this prohibition. <clears throat> Uber eats does take serious. <laughs> well, you're right. We have to have a simon, by the way. Is, is a by the way, if you tie it up, yeah, yeah, and the hechsher cooked is a different thing than raw meat. Okay, right. But right. besides that, they do wrap it for yeah. hechsher anyways. Yeah, yeah. 
But it does need two wrappings because it's cooked. Okay. There's also a difference, right? If, if it's milchiks or fleshiks, if it's milchiks, the concern is much less. But uh, either way, says the Gemara, Loy alim Rav ene Rav didn't move his eyes from the meat. Right? Everybody came out to see Rav. Rav is still keeping an eye on the, the steaks hanging. Uh, he's still looking at the steaks. He couldn't believe the size of that. There was like a 50-pounder. Anyhow, Armalahu, so Rav told the butchers, you all left the kitchen. Who's keeping an eye on the meat? Echu hashta safisuluhu isuda lebnei bras. You were about to feed tray for me to my to my, my grandchildren, my daughter's kids. Because you would have gone back in the kitchen, you would have served that meat. As far as you're concerned, nobody was watching it while you all left the house. As far as you're concerned, who knows if it's the same meat, and you would have all served it to my grandkids. So he gave the butchers a bit of a rebuke. Now, the funny thing's like this. Everybody ate the meat there because at the end of the day, Rav did keep an eye on it. Rav was the only one that didn't. Loy achal Rav Mahubisa. Rav didn't eat the meat. So ironic. Rav was the only one that could really attest that it was kosher. Why didn't he? He dafka didn't eat. Oh, oh, okay, the good. Oh, oh. That's the end of the story. So Frek the Gemara. My time. Why didn't Rav eat it? E mishum ilumi. Is it because people had taken their eyes off the meat? But But it wasn't. He kept his eye on it. He, he knows better than anybody. You know why he didn't trust himself. Elo Danachish. Oh, it's because Rav made an omen for himself. When Rav saw the fairy coming, he said, Ah, oh, the fairy's coming. That means today's my lucky day. It means there's a celebration by my son in law's home. So when he came there and he saw that an omen proved to be correct, he didn't want to, uh, he almost penalized himself and didn't want to partake of the meat. Threk to Gemara, that can't be the Pshat. Vaham, my Rav, because Rav himself elsewhere said, Call Nachash any divining, divination. Sheena Kiliezer ever davram. That's not like Eliezer or Kiyonison ben Shol or like Yonison. Eino Nichush is not a Nichush is not a Nachash. What that means is like this: We have a story by Eliezer that he made an omen. How did he choose Rivka? He said, "Abish, I'm making a sign. I'm going to ask her for a drink. If she offers me, and then on her own she offers the camels, I know it's the girl." Rivka comes out. She passes the test. He doesn't even ask her who she is, right? First, he gives her the bracelets. He makes the marriage. He says, you're the one. By the way, who's your father? He, he married her to Yitzchak on the spot because he trusted his test. The test worked. The omen, the omen proved successful. Watch the story by Yonas and Ben Shol. The Yidin then were suffering very much from the Plishtim. Shol suffered from the Plishtim throughout his kingdom, which was only about two and a half years. Ultimately, Shol was killed during a war against the Plishtim. But while Shaul was still alive, his son... Sorry? Yeah. Yeah. A couple of his sons. Now, Yoinison, at some point of time, he had separated from his father's, the main group of soldiers, and he was hanging out doing uh, some guerrilla tactics. It was just him and his uh, attendant. And the two of them see, not too far from them, there's a... What's it called? The stallion of so what's it called? A group of soldiers. Cavalry? Uh, uh, what? Italian. A battalion of soldiers, sorry. A battalion of soldiers. And Yonason tells his uh, attendant as follows We're going to make a sign. We're going to call out to them. If they say, Guys, come out, come out, come join us, 
we're going to pounce, use the element of surprise, and kill them all. If they say, halt where you are, we'll come to you. We don't touch them. Fakert, you know, we, uh, we scram. That's divination. Hold on, he made the sign. And he said, we're going to follow the sign. Hold on, hold on, good, good. Key strategy. Good. Yeah. Ah, good, good, good. Guys, guys, don't make me completely irrelevant, please. <laughs> he, uh, he calls out, and the guards say, Yo, come join us. Yannison said, that's our sign. The two of them went, they killed the whole, uh, the whole battalion of soldiers, the whole, the whole guard. So Rav said that Eliezer and Yonason, they did real nichush. They made a sign and they acted upon the sign. They said, if this happens, we will do A. If not, we'll do B. And they mamash followed the sign all the way through. But in the story of Rav and his son-in-law, he didn't follow through anything. He was going to his son-in-law's house regardless, right? Look at Rashi on the side. Kol Nach, exactly. He, wasn't, he didn't act based on it. It was just a simon. So Rashi says on the side of number one, If you don't rely on it like Eliezer, Eliezer said, If she gives me to drink, I will speak to her. More than that, you know, I'll choose her. And if not, I won't even uh, um, consider her. And Eliezer acted based upon the sign. Rather than the story didn't. He just said, oh, it's going to be a big celebration. Okay, so he was right, but he didn't decide anything based on that. So the Gemara says it doesn't make sense that he would penalize himself and not eat from the meat. So says the Gemara, Ella rather Sudas Rishus Havoi. Pshat was, it wasn't a, a, a Sudas Mitzvah, it wasn't a wedding, it wasn't a bar mitzvah meal, it wasn't a Pesabris, wow. it was time a barbecue. Varav loy mishanim Sudas Rishus. You would never catch Rav sitting by a barbecue eating a steak. Okay. Continues the Gemara. Rav bodik b'mabra. Rav would check by the ferry. Says Rashi, I don't have it on the sheet, but what that means is that when Rav would come to the shore, to the dock, he would decide what he would do that day, if he would travel or not, based on where the ferry was. If the ferry was far away, he said, I ain't going, he'll go back home. If it was close, it would go. So this sounds much more serious. Rav would decide what he would do based on the boat. Now, you could just say the boat was far away, so I didn't have time to go, right? But obviously the Gemara wouldn't record that because that's just uh, obvious. It's more serious. It sounds like Rav Bodik, he would actually make a simon. Shmuel Bodik Besafra. Shmuel would open a book. And based on what it said in the book, that's what he would do. So here you have a source of writing to Igris. Okay, well, that's the, right, well let's see. Let, don't jump to any conclusions. Can't just read a few words of Gemara and jump to conclusions. Rabbi Yochanan Bodik Biyanuch. Rabbi Yochanan would search by a child. He would ask a kid, what are you learning? Right. Tell me your pasuk, like we have many Mordechai, exactly. The only thing is, Mordechai wasn't planning, didn't act based on it. Rabbi Yochanan would. And the Gemara says a story. Rabbi Yochanan, who lived in Eretz Yisrael, had major respect for Rav, who lived in Bovel. Rav passes away. Rabbi Yochanan writes a letter to Shmuel, who's in Bovel, and he refers to Shmuel as his contemporary. To Rav, Rabbi Yochanan referred to as my teacher. To Shmuel, he said, you're my contemporary. Shmuel was offended. Chopped liver? So he sent Rabbi Yechelon a 50-year calendar that he made. He said, I know my stuff when it comes to the, you know, the cycle of the moon and everything. Rabbi Yechelon said back, okay, you know, a little bit of arithmetic, a bit of mathematics, you know, that ain't going to cut it. So Shmuel sent back a whole lot of information about trafers, questions and animals, and Rabbi Yechelon was, was uh, quite impressed. He said, you know what? I'm going to head to Bovel to meet this guy, Shmuel. 
On the way, Rabbi Yechen asked one of the kids, No, what are you learning? And the kid quoted the Pasuk of, My servant Shmuel has died, the Pasuk in Nach. Shmuel is dead. So Rabbi Yechen said, All right, I ain't going above it. Says the Gemara, Shmuel didn't die. Shmuel did not die. But the Abish to warn Rabbi Yechen to hear the Pasuk, so he shouldn't make the big journey. Yeah, he, you know, yeah. But Rabbi Yechen decided what to do based on what the kid said. He mamish acted according to the sign. So the last three things is really a problem. Rav Shmuel Rabbi Taka. Well, well. So first of all, okay, the story of Rav and his son-in-law, the Gemara clearly says, was nothing. But the Gemara did say that Eliezer and Yonason did nichush. Rav clearly said that. And then the Gemara indicates and intimates that Rav, Rabbi Yechon, Shmuel were also all guilty of this. Even so though obviously, not ra- what? Even though not in exactly, the story, exactly. But generally, generally exactly, exactly. Right, right. So this whole thing is is screaming Dorsheni. Explain me. Okay, so we come to number two. Is a a big debate between the Rambam and the Ravid, and the Ravid here uses very choice words against the Rambam. Let's see. Now the Rambam seems to be saying nothing novel. What? Nothing novel. What the Rambam is going to say seems to be what we just saw in the Gemara. But we'll see the Ravid is very unhappy. Says the Rambam in number two. Ein menachshin kagoyim. You can't divine like goyim. And it says lois menachshin. For example, he says, if you say my bread fell out of my mouth, my stick fell out of my hand. So I'm not going to, so I'm not going to that place today because if I go, I won't be successful. Or if somebody says a fox passed by my right hand, I'm not leaving my, uh, my right side, I ain't leaving the house today, because if I leave the house, I will encounter a, de- a deceitful fellow so to people black cat they hear you hear the bird chirping and you say, oh, based on the chirping, this will happen or this won't happen or based on the chirping, it's good to do A or it's bad to do B Another example, people say, Shech that chicken that uh, cuckooed in the evening. Or Shech the chicken that uh, called out like a rooster. Fine. Where did the Rambam get these examples from? It's from a Gemarian Sanhedrin where it speaks about the details of Nichush and then all the other types of black hearts. But the Rambam then continues. We're still in number two in the Rambam's words. V'chein and so too. Hameisim la'atzmoisimon. If someone makes signs for himself. That if this and this happens to me, I will do this and this. And if not, I won't. Like Eliezer, anything similar, I call also it's forbidden. So the Rambam clearly learns what Eliezer did was forbidden. And if you act upon it, like you get Malchus. What Rambam means by that is that technically, in order to get lashes, you have to do an action. In Gemara, there's a machloika. Some tanoim hold, as long as you violate a loisas, you get malchus. We paskin, you have to violate it through an action. And that's how the Rambam paskin. So the Rambam's saying like this. If you decide to do something or not to do something, either way you violate the love. To get malchus, you actually have to do something. So let's say by the case of the, of the fox, since the fox passed by me, I ain't leaving the house, you won't get malchus because you were passive, but you did violate the loisas. That's what the Rambam says. Where does he get it from? The first half is from a Gemara in Sanhedrin. The second half we saw in number one. It's a Gemara in Chulun. Comes derived. Look at derived number two. The small letters derived. 
jump to the fourth line where it says Aleph Aleph, sorry, the small print. Ze Shibush Godol. This is a major blunder that the Rambam made. Shahari Dover Ze Mutter Vemutterhu. What Eliezer did was Mutter. You're allowed to make your own signs. Ve'ulai, perhaps, hiteyu haloshen shiroa. Says the Ravid, maybe the Rambam made a mistake based on what he saw in Chulun. Kol nachash she'ena keliezer and kiyenes and ena nachash. The Gemara said, anything different than Eliezer and Yonason is not real nichush. Ve'husar, the Rambam thought, she'le'inyan iser nemar. It was speaking about prohibition. Which, by the way, that seems to be what the Gemara, the Gemara does seem to be saying. Rav didn't do anything wrong. Because only what Eliezer and Yonason did is real divination. Says the rhyme of Eloi, it's not what the Gemara meant. Elo, what did the Gemara mean? What the Gemara meant was, that if it's not like Eliezer and Yonason, it's worthless even to rely on. What they did is worthwhile to rely on. Now, how this makes sense in the Gemara, we'll get back into a moment. I don't want to focus on that yet. But look at the last line. How could the Rambam say Eliezer or Yonason who are tzaddikim that they did a sin? If they were here, they would cast lightning bolts onto the Rambam's head. Now if Eliezer was here, he would... He, he, the Rambam said Eliezer did a Says that right, if Eliezer was here, he would tell the Rambam what he thinks. What we have here is a conundrum. On the one hand, how could you say Eliezer sinned? On the other hand, what do you mean? Rav said it in number one. So the Rambam is just quoting the Gemara. So, in other words, if you're going to defend Eliezer, then you have a problem with number one. Because in number one, the Gemara did seem to say Eliezer and Yonason did real divination. Now, what's funny is the Rambam doesn't mention Yonason, which is highly significant. He only mentions Eliezer, which is highly, highly significant. Right. So, and we'll see the difference that that makes. Eliezer wasn't Jewish. What about Rav? But why does he have to get to that too? He was Aig. Right. The the Metrus Pictobus says, yeah. He was Nimrod's son, or Nimrod's son. Two opinions. Chomalein. Or was either maybe says that he was a son of Nimrod. Nimrod gave him as a gift. Tavron. When? Eliezer became Oik. But there were many Oiks. Every king of Boshan was called Oik. Eliezer went to Ganadin alive, by the way. What was the driver's explanation, though? Okay, okay. I want to explain it. There's a medrash in a few places that gives a list of those that went into Ganadin alive. That they're never buried. There were two women. There was Sarah, Asher's daughter. There was Bishia, Paris. Sorry? Shubham Levi writes... Eliyahu. It says Mashiach in one place. Mashiach. What? Was either nine, ten, or eleven? Very few people. Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi had a son. Who's the one that's uh, and Eliezer was in the Mars that we learned about? Eliezer. We saw a story that when Rabbi Noah went in, Eliezer was guarding it. Right. Eliezer's guarding it. Right. So that. That's the portal to go through. Yeah. Also, that, that, listen, that, 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 listen, that, listen, we're mixing too many shurim now. 
<laughs> right, 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 right. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. That so, was the we had. Yes, 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 yes. So we're going to see four approaches in this. One of them is going to be the Radak. The second one is going to be the Misnagdim. We actually have a Chiddush twist on it. Ironically. The third will be the Ran. And the fourth is going to be the rugged shore is going to blow us out of the mama's going to blow us out of the water. We'll go straight to him. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it. Quick. We'll short, do it. No quick. No quick. We'll do it. Andy's going to hang in. There. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it. Thursday night. Thursday night's a journey. Yeah. You know. Yeah. 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 Anyhow, listen. I'm going as fast as I can. No. <clears throat> to see the radak, look at number five. Number five is a comment of the Ramah in his sefer Darche Moshe on the tour. It's on the tour on the Simon where the tour speaks about the laws of black magic. And the Ramah quotes Harav Rabdavid Kimchi, the Radak. The Radak doesn't usually make it into the Ramah's forum. The Radak Rabdavid Kimchi was a grammarian and a Mephoirish on Tanakh. He lived in Provence in Narbonne. He was born around the year 1160. And uh, he was a great grammarian, one of the greatest, who had very, very important Sfarim on Diktuk. And he wrote a fascinating pirish on Chumish and Nach. On Nach, his, 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 uh, his commentary is very popular. On Chumish, it's not as popular just because there's so many other Rishonim, so it doesn't get the proper focus that it really should. But the Radak on the story of Yonason and Shmuel has a long piece about this. Says the Ramah, Reb David Mikimchi Herich he is Meirich about it, the Peter Shmuel and his Pirish on Shmuel in the story of Yenesi. The Kasav and the Radak writes like this. Now I will tell you, I read the Radak a few times. The Radak is, it's very tricky to figure out what he's saying. And my understanding of it was actually quite different than the Ramos. As the would say, he doesn't think too highly of me either. But uh, look what, I'll tell you what, the, we'll see how the Ramos understood it. And I'll tell you my understanding of it. But says the Radak, the cost of, I'm sorry, says that I'm up. The cost of the Radak says like this. The mutter likach la'atzmoi simon be'ezadover. You're allowed to make your own simonim. No problem. Like the Ravid who says you're allowed to make your own simonim. No problem. Rak, however, im kvar nasahadover osur. If something already happened and you want to know was that good or bad, then you can't make a simon for yourself. For the future, you can to decide what to do, but to determine if something in the past was positive or negative, you can't do. Now, says the Ramah, that's counterintuitive. What? How would you do so? It's the past, so how am I going to say now that that was... You make a sign. Make a sign to know if it was good or not. Well, there's future and the past. No, no, you can make a sign for the past. No, no, sign will happen, but that will make what you did in the past good or bad. Or what happened? Hold on, hold on. Yeah, well, you get that? No. You were looking at me. You were looking the same way. How did no, what rule comes out in the past? Yeah. If what, something you make happen in the past later. Yeah. What? Rob, if I wake up on the right side of the bed, that means yesterday was a good day. If I wake up on the left side of the bed, there's a lotion of the Rambam. Future sign. Here, I'll tell you. There's a lotion of the Rambam. I have the Rambam. I don't have it on the paper. The Rambam says, if somebody says, "Wow, this house that I bought." Ever since I bought it, things have been great. So you're ma- that, that's called, the Rambam says, making a simon of something of the past. So says the Ramah, 
that the Radak says to go in the past is a problem and the future is okay. Says the Radak, says the Ramah, pardon me, that doesn't make sense. It's not like what the Rambam himself says below. The Rambam says the other way around. of the Rambam writes, if you make a sign for something that was Shorit phase, more reason to permit it. So the Ramah is saying that there's a kind of a debate over here. The Rambam and normal logic would tell you that the future is much more of a dangerous area than the past. To decide what to do is really divination. And yet, from the Radak, it comes out to decide the future is okay, like the Rabbi said, to make your own simonim, but to go towards the past is a problem. Continues the Ramah. The you know, there's one problem there. Because the Rabbi talks about, I mean, the Rambam is talking about Eliezer. That's something that happens in the future. Nobody, the right. About the, the rivet holds the about future is the okay, future. which is okay, which means the rivet might hold the past as a problem, like the Radak. In fact, look what he says right here. Vadas David Kimchi is like the rivet. The Ramah puts the Radak with the rivet, and Vadas Hasman Kedas Harambam. So the Ramah puts the Radak with the rivet. Taka, it's exactly, exactly what you're saying that the rivet holds for the future is okay, but for the past, the rivet might hold as an issue, like the Radak. I will just tell you that I looked at the Radak a number of times. It's very so. It seems to be very contradictory. But I'll just tell you my my simple understanding. Of the Radak's like this. The Radak says, "Real nichush is only when it's like a voodoo sign, a black cat, a fox, the chickens cooing. I mean, things which really, you know, are, are it'll make sense. Are you know? Yeah, know no, 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 it's more than just doesn't make sense." It's it's Paranormal black stuff. magic. No, 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 no. It's no, not the vart that makes sense or not. Yeah. It's a vart that adopts is rooted in paganism, okay. in black magic voodoo, and people think that the signs actually affect the future. But there are docs says stumped to make a sign out of a fairy or to flip a coin or anything. That's that's not a problem at all. But in that goofy, he says, it's not a problem. If you're doing it in the future, then it's worthwhile. If it's something about the past, it's worthless. That's what Radak says. He doesn't say the past is a problem. He says uh-huh. the difference of the past and the future is about things which... That makes perfect sense. Right, right. Oh, oh, oh. And therefore he says that you know what the pshat number one is, and this is how the Chirot Arrived meant as well. The Gemara meant like this. Maybe Rav didn't want to eat the meat because... He was worried he had, he had done divination. The Gemara's point is what? He bechlal didn't do divination at all. Because he learns that the divination of Rav was that since everybody left the house to come greet me, who's watching the barbecue? Who's watching the meat? Rav thought that itself is a sign right, that there's something wrong in the kitchen. So it was like a, it's a sign of the past. And therefore the Radak says the Gemara's point was that Rav had nothing to worry about because that Bechlal had no substance to it. When does Nichush have substance? When you do it to the future like Eliezer and Yenison. But neither Rav or Eliezer was in the prohibition element of Nichush because that's only if it's like a black magic voodoo yeah, thing. Why didn't Rav, yeah. So Rav, the Gemara says it was because it was just Stamabar. There's no mitzvah to it. So I'm just pointing out that my reading of the Radak is very different than that Amos. Obviously, I'm not arguing with him. But uh, so I was worried that sometime in the past they left the kitchen also and he wasn't there. He, didn't he doesn't even know. He was just saying, saying the fact that they all left gives him a bad feeling about 
So the Radak says if you make a sin something in the past, it's worthless. A bad feeling about the past. If you want nichush to bechal of any meaning, it's only in the future. But not that either of those would be prohibited. It's only prohibited if it's foxes and black cats and things like that. Anyhow, either way, that's a, and fine. That's number one. Approach number two. Okay, that's the only one which is a little, uh, I would say, uh, that whole radak still a little bit in the air. The other paths that we have are very clear, and the Mitzvah fully will be fully understood. Path number two is the path of the Misnagdim. Two big Misnagdim, but they have a chsidish on, they have a chsidish twist. That's no, 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 no. I, I'm saying what the Radak says. Ah. It happens to be the Ramah quotes the Radak quite that, differently. The Ramah says exactly it's an issue. Right. What does the Ramah say? You said it sounds a little clear. I'm just quoting what the way I see the Radak's words. Apparently, the Ramah saw something else in the Radak's words. The Radak is a long paragraph. You're all free to go <laughs> check it up in your own but time. Could, could it be the Radak is saying the reason why it's bad to look back? If you're doing like going forward, no, he said because there's, it's, there's no substance to look. But there back. is because the re, the danger in it, why it would be a sin though, is because there's no substance to look back. The only thing you can do is doubt yourself, and it can be very prom- problematic. If what you're saying is you can be in a horrible mood, it can change. It could affect. If you're going to go and say, how am I going to go forward? It can help you over the mountain. It can make, and you'll make a right or a left based on it. But if I'm looking back and I'm sitting there, it's already gone. It's history. It's done. But all you're going to no, do no, is no. say, oh my gosh, that was bad. That was bad. That was no, bad. You're going to be a mess. And you're going to be counterproductive. Rav, he learns that Rav by the meal looked back. He looked at them all leaving the house, and that was a simon to that maybe something earlier went wrong. Nothing with the to do with the boat. No, but the, the Gemara ultimately says the Gemara says it was no, the no, boat no, ride. no, no, no. The Gemara doesn't say clearly. He no, learned more differently. Was excited about but that. even he has to agree that the Gemara's conclusion was Rav did nothing wrong. So to say that going back is a problem. I mean, the Ramos understanding the problem is Ogishlogan from the Gemara itself. Anyway, I, I don't want to go more into that. I, I don't know, but I had to quote it just because uh, I don't know what. Anyhow, path number two is the path of the Now, who are these misnagdim? You have to know they're, 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 they're big players. One of them is number three, the Merkeva Samishna. The Merkeva Samishna, his name was Reb Shloim of Chelm. Reb Shloim of Chelm was about 30 years older than the Alter Rebbe. So you're talking about early days of Chassidus. He ultimately was a rabbi in Chelm in a couple cities, a rabbi in, in Lvov. <coughs> He was older and lived at the same time, or he was older. He was older. Before? He died much before the Alter Rebbe, but the overlap. He's saying that he. Oh, did he overlap? Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, they overlap. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was thirty years older. And, you know, he uh, he passed away in seventeen. He was what? He was born in seventeen seventeen. Passed away seventeen eighty one. Alter Rebbe was born seventeen forty five. So that's the the timeline. Forty years together. But they weren't in the same place. He. He ended up, he was in Greece for, for a little bit in Salonika, Saloniki, Salonika, where his, he died actually. And he also spent a bit of time in Eretz Yisrael. Now, how do we know he was a big misnag? Now, he wrote an incredible pirish on the Rambam. We have a story that the Altarebbe did not want to look into his forum. And the Altarebbe, though, wanted to see a pshat that he says. So the Altarebbe asked one of his chassidim, can you please look in the safe and tell me what it says? So the Chassid looked in the Sefer, he learned, learned the Shtikun, he told the Alter Rebbe. And the Alter Rebbe said, I, Shechinta Begalusa, you know, God is in exile. He loved the Pshat, and Nebuchadnezzar had to be in the Misnagdisha Sefer. Amen. 
what's the record that he was a misnagid? Our historians have a hard time figuring out. We don't have any record except apparently he was in Eretz Yisroh in the late 1770s when Mendel Haradokar in 1777 Mendel Haradokar um, Avram Kalisker went to Eretz Yisroh Avseba wanted to join them initially is the whole story they came to Eretz Yisroh and they countered some opposition to them who was there? so apparently this Rav Shloim of Chelm was there and he was the one who gave them a hard time now how do we know this? Because Mendel Haradokka has a letter which he wrote in 1780 where he says that Baruch Hashem, the rabbi from Lvov, is gone. You don't have to worry about the guy anymore. He was a rabbi in Lvov before he came there. And he left there, you saw at that point, to go to Greece to print some of his farm. That's where he died. So it all. It, Seems like it was him. There's many. Uh, it's still a debate if it was him. But we have the Altarebbe story, we have this letter. You can also say there were a lot of people there from Lvov. I mean, no, no, but he was the rabbi there, and we know, and he was. Uh, no, also later on, one of the Vilna Gaon student Yisroel of Shklov writes that everyone knows that the hard time the Mekevus Hamishnah gave to the Chassidim when they came to Eretz Yisrael. So he actually he wasn't a Misnagid in Russia. He was a Misnagid Dafka when he came to Eretz Yisrael in the late 1770s. Although he was around in the times of the the Baal Shem Tov, but then he was quiet. Anyhow, but what he says over here is an incredible thing. Look at number three. It's very simple. Look at the second line. Number three, second line. Valin Neri says, you know what it seems to me? Rabbeinu Ochaz Loshan Ashas. The Rambam is quoting the Gemara. Kol Nachash, any Nichush, which is, you don't rely on it like Eliezer. Meaning what the Gemara meant was that Shetolu Bitchayna Malasimen. You have to, that in order for it to be Nichush, you've got to rely on it like Eliezer did. And if you don't ain't a nichush, it doesn't count. Meaning the ain isur elim kain hamenachesh maimin v'soymech daitoy alasimen. The isur of nichush is only if the diviner believes, trusts, and relies on his simen like Eliezer. But he says Eliezer had a loophole. Amnam hatzadikim halolu loisamcho atzma malasimen. Eliezer didn't rely on the omen. Eliezer prayed to God. Elosamcho atzma malzikasam. Eliezer and Yonason relied on their righteousness. God would fulfill their desire. Eliezer said, God, I'm asking you, please make this the sign so I will know who should marry Yitzchak. You'd go to the Urim Vetumim and ask, should I go to war? It's Nichush, based on how the letters will light up and what the words will be. That's what you can decide what you're going to do. Yes. Because that's called asking God. And Eliezer, his spouse, Hashem, he died into the Abish, and so to Yonason, who mentioned God's name. And the second last line, Mistame, his spouse, Tchilo, Eliezer probably davened. Hare, you see from his Shabbatchu, Alideho Ois. They trusted in the sign that through that the Abish will listen to their voice. And the Abish will show them the sign, and through this, Sorat, Tlunus, arrive, the rivet's question falls off. Meaning, what he's saying is like this. Class, in order for something to be nichush, you have to make an omen and follow through on the omen. So the Gemara's point is, Rav never followed through. He was going to his son-in-law anyways. You have to follow through like Eliezer and Yonason. But they had a, a different loophole. What was their loophole? Faith and they, they weren't doing nichush because they davened Hashem. 
as long as you stick the Eibishtim to it, it's not Nichush. They were in the ballpark of Nichush because they were following the path. They made an omen, they followed through. But they were taking a parallel path, but a different street because they're going under the hand of God. So the point of the Gemara was, Nichush has to be similar to Eliezer and Yonis in that you make a sign and you follow through. But it has to be without God. Exactly. And the point of the Gemara is, Rab B'chal didn't follow through. The conversation never being past or future, that's only without God. That, the past or future was the Radak. That was the Radak. That was the Radak. That was the way they did. Now look at number four. Number four is the Torah Tmimah. The Torah Tmimah was Elit Fisher. Good question. So look, so let's see. The Torah Tmimah, number four, the Torah Tmimah, Rebbe Epstein, he was the son of the Aruch HaShulchan, the backward Shulchan Aruch. I shouldn't say that the Aruch HaShulchan was a great going, and in fact he met up with the Tzemach Tzedek and spoke to him in learning when he left he said he was amazed by the Tzemach Tzedek scholarship but there's one thing he couldn't handle the Aruch HaShulchan the Torah Tzemach's father said he said by the Tzemach Tzedek the Altrebbe was like the be all and end all he couldn't relate to that to him the Altrebbe was just another opinion but that Altrebbe was like the be all and end all he couldn't you know, like shook his uh, his Litvisher bones but the uh, Aruch HaShulchan was a... I mean, these, were, these were huge scholars. And he had a son, the Torah Tmimah. There's a nice picture of him with a very, you know, a nice uh, common spirit, that, they call it. Is any meaning to, this, to the Chumash Torah Tmimah? Yeah, he wrote it. That's, That's him. him. And the Rebbe used his Chumash, yeah, yeah. Now, on, under the Chumash, he has his commentary. What it is, is he quotes statements of Chazal related to the Pasuk. Oh. Right, yeah. And then underneath that, he has his... Uh, his explanations. But his sources are very... Right, yeah, it's great, correct. Great he did, sources. He, he had. Oh, he passed... Uh, his father passed away in like 1908. He passed away maybe 30, 40 years later. He passed away less than 100 years ago. Oh, wow. So it was, like, you know, it was a little more... Indexed by the Pesukim instead of being indexed by the Da. Now, he, okay, he, no, he has been uh, accused of uh, plagiarizing. No, in his commentary, he quotes from... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he, he's been accused of plagiarizing, of not quoting, of writing his own stuff and really taking it from elsewhere. But so between the Rambam, no. This no. There's some good stories. I'll tell you quickly. I'll throw in this one story because we always have to throw in stories. A quick story, and then we go weiter. That when he was a young fellow, just to show his sharpness. He walked into a room where his father was there and some of the big Ga'inim, the Litvisha Ga'inim were there and they were all discussing the, the following Shiloh. There were two uh, uh, butchers that were business partners. They got in, they had a fallout. And one of them told the other, I swear never to see you again. And they separated. And the other guy died. So the, the, the one that made the oath was still alive. He wanted to go to the Leviah, you know. He's like, yeah, enough already, you know. <laughs> On the other hand, he swore never to see his friend yeah, again. Sure. So the Shaila is, is the Shavu is still in place. So all these Ga'inim were discussing back and forth. So he was a, a Bokhar maybe at the time. The Teretzmim, and he said, it's a Pasuk and Chumash. Everyone is like, Shah, still. Pasuk and Chumash, what are you talking about? He said this in Parshas B'Shalach. Moshe told the Yidin, who were being pursued by the Egyptians, you will never see the Egyptians again. Now what happens later in the parsha? They see them all dead, spoon across the Amsuf. Is a raya that when you say you can't see someone ever again, wow. it doesn't include after death. And that uh, 
settled the score. Anyhow, but he says the same thing as Mekhevis HaMishnah. As long as you bring the Eibishta into it, it's not a problem. Look at number four. Avomash and Niraboro Bechlal in What seems to me clear is, Be'emes Einoi Osor Rak Nichush Kazeh. It's only a problem. Shemenachesh ala Mikra Atzmoi. It's all about the chance. Mibli Lahazke Shem Hashem without mentioning God. Without asking for God's help, that God should cause the circumstance to happen. Then there's Kishuf. And he quotes a Gemara and Chulun. The Gemara and Chulun says the word Kishuf is similar to the word Makhish. It's actually a combination. Makhish Pamal Yeshamayla. It contradicts the heavenly abode, the heavenly court. That's the problem with black magic. So therefore, if you use the Abish's name, as long as you incorporate God into the black magic, it's no longer a problem. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's a, yeah. a twist to it. Yeah. Which would mean that definitely if you open up the Igris and you say, Abish to give me a sign, according to them, no problem. The Mekeves Amishas, the Udin Vatumim. It's like the Udin Vatumim. You're asking God. So according to them, again, according to them, it's, it, it makes a lot of sense that the Rambam, according to them, there's actually no debate between the Rambam and the Ravid. The Rambam and Ravid both agree Eliezer's off the hook because he mentioned God's name. When the Rambam and the Gemara said don't act like Eliezer means don't do similar to him, which means to make an omen and act without, upon it. Without, but without God's name. Without the elements. That the point was that Rav by the fairy didn't mention God's name, but he didn't act upon it. So the point of the Gemara, he did nothing wrong, he didn't act upon it. <coughs> you have to act like Eliezer. But Eliezer had another loophole, which is he brought the Abishtah into it. It's also planning. The, the whole thing... Is, the whole thing of the left. Don't do like Eliezer, yeah. meaning to make an omen and act upon it. Eliezer himself had a separate loophole, which is he mentioned God's name. Rob in fact, didn't look, say before, I, before he came to the river, ah, oh, Hashem, give me a sign. He came there, the sign happened. Right, it's right, like the, the, no, that, that's why it could have been a problem. Right, that's why it could have been a problem. Had he said, was, he didn't act upon it. Right. Exactly, exactly. In other words, had Rav acted upon act, it. That was his answer. Exactly. That was his good, but exactly. had he said, Hashem, give me a sign, sure when I get to the shore, which is the Shiloh, good, then is, it would have been okay. Which is the Shiloh that the Gemara that could finished have off, Rav used to do that, so we still have to get to that. Yeah, so it could have been okay. Does the Ramam say that it's also if you act like Eliezer as far as making an omen and acting upon it. Without the Abish, yeah. Brackets without God. Exactly. Exactly. It's a little tough. Okay, okay. But look back at number three. The only example. The last word. I mean, is there any other example you can give other than Eliezer? That's what you find in Tanakh. Okay, weiter, weiter. So that's path number two. The path of the Masnagdim, which is if you bring the Abish in the mix, it's, it's all nice, good. It is a nice chapter. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It answers everything. It's it really answers chapter. everything. Yeah, it really does. The only... Th- what? But, but, um, it's not unanimous. And, um, okay, so we go well, to the number three. doesn't agree with that, because the has a question on the Rambam. Correct, correct. Well, yeah. The Raiva definitely felt that the Rambam was saying Eliezer did an Isra. Okay. The approach number three is the Ran. Look on the next page. The next page, approach number three is the Ran number seven. I won't read the whole thing, even though it's actually a very easy read, but it's long. But the point of the Ran is very simple. In fact, somebody said it earlier, but I didn't want to give you credit then, because then I would... Uh, what you said before, Mendel, was Mamish Devort of the Ran. The Ran says like this. You know when Nichush is Osir... If the sign and your decision don't have any correlation between the two, because a fox passed by, I ain't gonna go there. You know, 
But Eliezer was sent. Avram is Mr. Achnosis Archim. Eliezer knows who's going to be fitting for Yitzchak, who can come join Avram's family, someone who would do this test of feeding me and the camels. Strategic son. He says, Yonason, in fact, look what he says about Yonason. Look at number seven on the no, right he, column. He, Eliezer wasn't he strategic. Eliezer wasn't strategic. Yonason was strategic, meaning there okay. was a logical, has nothing to do with Hashem. Eliezer is asking for a pure miracle. No! It's illogical. How will he know if the girl's fitting to marry his Because it's not logical. Why would a girl... Why would a girl like what's the name said it today in in in, in T- Tanya? You're sitting there with ten men with a whole army behind you, all your things. You ask a three year old girl to help and feed all your people. It's illogical. No, 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 no. Whichever girl that was going to be though, you didn't say a this girl. will be you the determining factor if she's fitting. Right. The sign itself. How's she going to fit why, into the family? Why is that logical? That's illogical. Because, no, because the only person that's fitting to marry. Why would a girl do that? Why would any girl do that? You can make no, forget no, the three year old, a twenty three year old. A 23 year old. Why they would do that? Why a girl would do it is a different question. Right. Yeah, because that's right. not logical. Once she does it, exactly. But that's not a logical thing. Yenison had a, a practical applica- okay, application. This is asking for a miracle. It's 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 pure divination. It's Hashem if no, they come no. over and, and she scratches her ear with her hand around no. her face. It's not logical. It's a related It's a related to Achlas Zorthen, but it's not logical. Yenison's was totally logical. If a guy's going to say, oh, wait a second, and you got to take, you got to be hesitant. If a guy's going to say, yeah, come join us, no. then their guard is down. You're going to go kill him. It makes total sense without a chef. Your Honor, it doesn't have to be that, that it, it had to do with it. Yeah, the is still alive. We can ask him to come tell us. We can. But there's nothing logical about, it's connected. It's not logical. It's illogical, but connected. Let me say Yeah, if the girl jumps over the moon and gives me five dollars and says, Come into my house, that's beautiful. It's not logical. Yanison was logical. No, no, no. (laughs) Let's say it like this. Eliezer's omen and his decision after that omen are linked. Definitely. That's it. That's it. They're linked. It's not logical. That's my point. Yanison is logical. It's even better. Let's see, let's see. Let's look at number seven. Linked for sure. Look at number seven. Um, she starts off in number seven, the right-hand side. The Ran says the words of the Ravid are Tmu and Be'enai. The Ravid is attacking the Rambam. The Rambam just quoting a Gemara, Shari Mefurish B'Gemara, Shale'inyan Isra right? We brought a Radak to give a funny pshat in the Gemara, but the simple reading is that Eliezer did real nichush. So go down a couple lines. About seven lines down, it starts, V'kach Nirali B'Tirutzlan Shel Dvarim. He said pshats like this. The nichusha asra Torah is when someone hangs his words besimin in a sign. She'ain hasvora noisenes that logic doesn't dictate. She'hei behem goyim toyelus l'dorve that the sign would actually help you in any way or the other. Oynez good or bad. For example, your bread came out of your, fell out of your hand, right? Or a deer passed in front of you. She'ain l'kirtze behem is darchem or it's following the goyim. Avul halakech simonim b'dover shasvora noidas. If logic says that this simon does indicate a toyelis or damage, ain't zenachash. Shekol iskerem, that's this is how the world wants. If somebody says, you know, if it's Rain. raining, I'm not walking outside. Oh, divination. That's not divination, that's <laughs> logic. It's logic. Right? That's Nesmir Hagesh And Eliezer, Evid Avrom, and Yonason, 
they did they did their action based on logical signs. He says Eliezer, the first word of the line is Eliezer. We're in number seven, the right column, by now about twenty lines down. Start with Eliezer Yedehoya. Eliezer knew that you can't make a match for Yitzchok Avinu unless she's fitting. Therefore, he made a sign if she's going to be so beautiful in her actions and complete in her middas to the point that when he tells her, give me some water, she says, not just you, but your camels as well. That means that she is the woman for Yitzchak. And then he said, V'chein Yonason ben Shol. Shebikish, let's read Yonason inside. He wanted to hit the camp of the Plishtim. He, Venoise Kalev, but it was just him and his helper. He took the simon to himself. He said, if the, the Plishtim will say, hey, come up to us, it means that they're scared of us lying in ambush. Ah. Then Yonason trusted on his own Gvura that he and his helper will knock him down. He says, because that's normal that sometimes two or three courageous warriors can cause many of the enemy to flee. But if the guards of the Plishtim will say, wait there till we come to you, that means that the Goyim aren't afraid of us, of our ambush, and therefore, you know, it's not a good idea for us to attack them. And then, and then, he, okay, what does he say in the left-hand column? He says basically the same thing as we saw in the previous Mahalach. Eliezer and Yonason, they followed the path of Nichush. They made a sign and acted on it. What was their loophole? That it was logical. That's the, the mis- loophole? I thought the loopholes they played, they said they thanked God. That, that was the God. other shot. Uh, no, this is where in the third opinion. Right, we said we're going through four approaches. Right, right. The third approach is similar to the second in that Elias and Yonason had a little loophole. Their nichush happened to be logical. So it was okay, but they were following the path of making a sign and acting upon it. The Gemara's point was that Rav, by the story of his son-in-law, Bechlau never acted on his omens. So he never even entered the arena of nichush. Right. Elias and Yonason did. They had a loophole that their nichush was logical. That is the approach of the Ran. I will tell you that the Ran, though, at the end says... What about the stories of Rav? Doesn't the Gemara finish off saying Rav used to always check the ferry? Right. So he deals with that. Also, look at number seven on the left. It's logical. Hand. Oh, no, the ferry's here quick. I have no waiting. No, 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 no. It's not what he says. He says, look what he says. Look on the left-hand side of number seven, halfway down. In the left-hand column of number seven, halfway down, the Ikashilach. Actually, sorry, sorry, a, a, a couple, four lines above that. Rav never really pended on the ferry. Shahari Rav never said. No, sorry, no, 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 I'm sorry. No, he's still talking about the story of the son of law. Forget that. <laughs> Go four lines down. He says, Rabbi Yochanan would ask the kid, tell me your pasuk, and based on that, he would act. Venere, it seems. It seems like Rabbi Yochanan would mamish act based on the pasuk, right? Mm-hmm. He wanted to go visit Shmuel, but when the kid said Shmuel died, he, he didn't go. So what does the Ram say? He says, asking a kid is not like nichush; it's like a small prophecy. The Gemara says in Baba Basra that after the Churban, prophecy was given to crazy people and to kids. So the Ram says that you're allowed to ask a kid a pasuk and decide what you will do based on that because it's a prophet, it's like God it's really like what the Merkevis HaMishnah said about uh, about uh, it's bringing the Eivishter into it but now he gets 
The Gemara says that Rav would always Badik B'mavra. This was the big question at the end of the Gemara number one. The Gemara said Rav generally relied on the ferry. So look what he says. Rav would decide if it was ready, he would go. If it was hard to find the ferry, he wouldn't. Says Duran, the Efsher, five lines from the bottom, Sha'af Mach Gomer. Rav would not completely rely like Eliezer and Yonason. Rav really didn't know if he wanted to go anyway, so on whatever trip he was going to go. El Siflem. He would throw it in the pile. Rav would come to the dock. I don't know. He had a place to go. Changing he had five way. reasons not why, to go. Why didn't he just do simple it for a simple... Yeah. If the logic is there. Way. If it's far yeah. away, I don't have the time. Yeah. <laughs> or it's, just, it's a good omen if I don't have to wait like an idiot for 15 minutes. Well, let's I'm, say he had the time either way. The so, time is... Even if he had Robert the time, was, waiting is something. It's like still a waste. Doesn't like wait. Doesn't like waiting. I go to a store and there's a long line. I don't, yeah. I don't go. And nothing to do with... Getting okay. on a ferry. It's right, there right, quick. Right. I'm so like, oh, great. So then, no, I hit no, the no, front of the line. Then, then the Gemara wouldn't quote it. The Gemara wouldn't quote it. The Gemara's quoting that Rav was Baidik Pamabra. He would do... He would do some divining. So the Ran says he really had ten reasons to go, ten reasons not to go. Where does he get that from? He adds a whole, changes the whole game. It's because just changing the whole to him, there's no other way to, or to else make it fit his thing. Because or else you're saying Rav didn't have error. Now hold on. What about Rabbi Yochanan with the kids? So that he says it's like a. But what about Shmuel opening the book? The Gemara quoted three stories: yeah. Rav with the fairy, Rabbi Yochanan with the kids, Shmuel with the book. So the Ran doesn't say. Would he say that opening a safe is also like a small prophecy? Well, the Gemara Babas doesn't say that. Doesn't say that. Um, or asking God. Or in Vitumim. Or maybe he would say the same thing that Shmuel had 10 reasons to do A, 10 reasons not to. He would open a book and based on what it says, he just threw that in the pile. Like the Ram says about, um, about Rav by the fair. That seems to be the most divination of all if okay, you really have right. if you're really thinking of whether or not to do it and that's the only the only no, factor that's no, not the only factor you want it it's a coin flip I have I, yeah, but I could do this I could do that you're like this it's the deciding you're looking factor. help to, to make the decision you just want to uh, someone make the decision for me you know that's what divination is no but you're not linking any connection between this you're and going that and just, you, know, right? you know what I didn't want to go anyways that's basically like <laughs> That's a nice way to th- say it afterwards. If it would have gone the other way, you said, oh, great, I'm going. I really always wanted to go. Uh, or you right. want to do both. Okay. That's it. That's just a- you can't do both. So that's the point of divination. Anyhow. That's always what okay. divination is. Huh? What are you asking to divine if you, don't, if you don't know? If you know, you go. Before you we feel see, good about it, you feel like you're hesitant, you divinate. The fourth... Explanation. Abner Venner. He went to, to went to go find out. He divinated from the went to the witch because he needed to know. Show, uh, show. I mean, show went to Abner's mother. Much worse than divination. Okay, but why did he go? Because he wasn't sure. Should I go? Shaul's life them? was in the balance. Yeah, there is a Shaila. Are you allowed to do witchcraft to save your life? Is witchcraft an offshoot of uh, of pagan? He wasn't uh, looking to save his life though, because in the end, he, he, he knew he was going to die. Day. He knew he was going to die, and he went anyways. Shmuel told him you're gonna die, but he, well, he go. He didn't he, run away. He, he didn't have, well, when Shmuel told him he was gonna die, he knew you can't Shmuel run away from your destiny. Uh, you try. Yeah, let's leave. Did we ever discuss that? Shmuel Bar Chafni Goin says that whole story was a farce. There was a man hiding behind the curtain. Oh yeah, we looked at. We had the whole yeah exactly yeah. That's the that's that's Yankees. Yeah exactly. I'm happy I wasn't here for <laughs> <laughs> There's three there's a long radak there. Rapsadjigon says no that the, 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 the one that there was no malachim about the thing. 
the Rambam, the Hogan was the Rambam. We had some serious. Oh, this was the Murray Nabuch. That was the Murray Nabuch. Yeah. There were big ones. Our Barnabels. We had some big people who were on that side. There's a reason why I've never had people to. No, it was a vision. Oh, that one. That one. By the way, the Ramban. I tried telling him either the Ramban or the Ramban. No, the Ramban said the Ramban said it's possible to hear such a thing. How much more so to believe it? I'm bunching his offer to hear the weird. Yeah. He was hallucinating. Yeah. That was, that it was, was a prophecy. It 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 was a yeah. We saw yeah, four opinions by the snake. Yeah, yeah, all right, let's read that. Yoin and the whale, or some say that. Yeah, yes, Yoin and the whale. Oh, Yoin and the whale wasn't there. Shemesh, there's so many more things. Oh, yeah, Shemesh. Yeah. Yeah. The whole Torah. Yeah, they were basically taking everything down. <laughs> the rationalists were taking everything down. But, but we saw what the Mekubalim said. Yeah. Right? The, the Ralbag wrote a sefer called Mulchamas Hashem, the War of God. And one of the big Rishonim, Reb Shemtiv, Ibn Shemtiv, was a big Kabbalist. He calls the Rabag Sefer not Milchamas Hashem, the war yeah, of God. It's the war on God. Yeah, Milchamas yeah, Al Hashem, yeah, the war against yeah, God. Yeah. The Kabbalists were not happy with these people. Yeah. And then I'm sure the Semach Sedek was with his kids. He said the Rambam had a healthy yeah. stomach, and the yeah, Altareb yeah. as he well. Scorpions. Like scorpions and snakes. None of you should learn Murnavuch, and you don't have the stomach for it. And he pointed yeah, at yeah, one yeah, of yeah, you. you. For sure. <laughs> I don't know. They didn't reveal who the you was. <laughs> you you definitely yeah. stay away. Exactly. Now, before we go to the Rogachov's approach, which is absolutely fascinating, just to discuss for a moment what about Shmuel opening up that safe, because the Ran discusses Rabbi Yochanan with the kid, he says that's a minor prophecy. Rab with the fairy was just a tilt a scale. He leaves out Shmuel with the book. What's the deal with opening up a safer and making a decision? So there's something called the Goyrul of the Vilnagon. It's attributed to the Vilnagon. What it is is very few people even know. You have to open up a Tanakh, a certain page, and you go seven pages this direction, a little bit the other direction. You have to look for different signs of psukim and of letters. It's a, it looks like a whole voodoo thing. And based on, and then you'll find an incredible answer to your question. Reb Chaim Konievsky, we've got to mention him. Oh, 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 he has a story. Hold on, he has a story. been here for a while. So for his father, the stipler gone, was very much against using it. His son, Reb Chaim, gave two reasons. A, no one knows exactly how to do it authentically. Because right? there's too many secrets. And number two, the Torah says, Tomim Believe in the Abish, why are you making these types of... But he did it himself once. There was a story. Four brothers came to Chaim Konievsky. They said, we have a sister who never kidneys are out. All of us are uh, pr- uh, prospective donors. But who's going to have the schuss to give a kidney bank. to the sister? They were doing bank kidney. Uh, Wasn't it? Chaim yeah, just passed away. He just passed away. He just passed away. When was the story back? How far back were they? Uh, I don't know. Maybe a couple of decades ago. They were still they were doing it. Whenever, whenever it happened, they were doing it. Okay. So he said, we got to make the girl of the Vilna God. So he knew how to do it. He, had it, he did it. It, it fell out. Alert, the Vilna Gaon or the Rug of Trouble? No, no, no. We'll no, get to the Rug of Trouble in a minute. The Vilna Gaon. 
Like going back. The Vilna Goyrum. Not written anywhere. No, it's like those, you know, those that talk about it don't know how it works. Those that know how it works don't talk about it. Right. <laughs> it fell on one of the brothers. So he gave him a bracha. The guy, a month later, three of the brothers are back at Chaim's office. They knock on the door, they come in. Chaim said, what happened? Where's the fourth guy? So they said, the fourth brother, the one that you chose, he went to the operating table and... <laughs> No, hold on, it's a happy ending. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like laughing. Huh? <laughs> and he, uh, they, uh, they saw, they found in his heart a major issue with the heart. And uh, it was unknown, unnoticed. And because uh, they found at that moment, he couldn't give the kidney. But they saved but his they, life. Oh, they saved his life. That's incredible. So they came back and they said, so now that there's the three of us, who's going to... All right. So next. he made another girl and he chose one of them. He gave the kidney and they all survived. All five, the, the four Amazing. brothers and the girls survived. So the old Mustang were very excited about this. You see, because they made the girl of the girl, the guy's life was saved. Yeah. Incredible story. In 1948... During the War of Independence, there was a story that there was a car- there was a van or a bus. Thirty-eight soldiers traveled to bring uh, provisions. To what? As they were traveling, one guy broke an ankle, so him and two people helped them go back. Thirty-five people left. Yeah. They were all unfortunately blown up yeah. by by the Arabs. Yeah. The Arabs took the bodies, mutilated them. When they even got them back. Uh, 23 out of the 35 they could recognize not the other 12 so the people were buried but you know families didn't know where, uh, who's who so they went to the chief rabbi of Jerusalem Reb Tzvi Pesach Frank Reb Tzvi Pesach Frank was a big uh, big Tamachacham a big rabbi he wrote beautiful swarm by the way he was a big fan of the Alter Rebbe Shulchan Aruch and he has lots of actually beautiful explanations in the Alter Rebbe Shulchan Aruch and he was a big rabbi. So they came to him. You know, so my <laughs> rabbis get all tired. Identify the people are buried. How's he going to identify them? He said, the only way is to make the girl of the Vilna gone. Wow. He said, I can't do it. You have to go to someone who was named the Tzaddik of Jerusalem. Rabbi Arya Levin. Levin, he's a Levi. Mishpacha. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, Rabbi Arya Levin was known as the Tzaddik of, Jer- of Yerushalayim. He had a little base medrash. So it was late at night. Only a few people were there. It was pitch black. They had 12 candles, one candle for each of the people. And he had 12 names in front of him. And there was a map with the 12 locations of where the people were buried. And he was supposed to match them up. Who's who? Who's who? So he took out the Tanakh. <clears throat> and he does the whole ritual from, again, attributed to the Vilna Gaon. And... So he was, he was, he, he, he took one of the locations, he was holding, I guess, maybe they cut the map into 12 parts, he was holding one of the locations, he opens the Tanakh, and he reaches the first, when he did the ritual, he reaches the word Binyamin, and one of the 12 names was Binyamin, Binyamin's buried here, he takes the next one, each of the 12 times he did the ritual, he hit on one of the names, it was incredible, without missing there were 12 names. There was a show, put all the names, you know, were either clear or very strongly hinted to into the Tanakh. And each time, yeah. <laughs> each time he did the ritual, he found another one. There was a Oedid, there was a show, each one he mamish found. And his families were there and made a huge student that 
the people um, that were there, what they witnessed, you know, that each time it hit one of the 12 names. Wow. And I identified all the graves based on that. Thank God nobody was named Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> they would have found something there too. Yeah. Anyhow, so it happens to be that many say this doesn't come from the Vilna Gaon. It comes from a different Rebbe Liyahu. Who? Rebbe Liyahu Akoyen from Izmir. There was an incredible rabbi in Turkey, a little bit older than the Baal Shem Tif, He lived in Turkey, Rebbe Liyahu Akoyen of Izmir. He wrote fascinating, fascinating Svartim. Actually, I like to quote him a lot because he has outlandish stuff. He was a great darshan. People would, friar people would come to hear his drushas. Actually, the, the Chidot says that there was once a fellow who came to his drosha. This guy was mamish up to no good. But after the drosha, he went over to the Roth and he said, you know what, I won't even tell you what I was planning to do. But after this drosha, no, I, I can't do that anymore. Absolutely. Right, right. He made incredible impressions on people. And uh, apparently he was big into this girl. So some say that when we say this was the girl of Rebbe Leo, it's not the Vilna Gaon, it's the Leo Kain of Izmir. Now, how do I know to say this? Look at number eight. This is from the Chidot. Kosav Marikash Le'el. Who's the Marikash? This is the Chidot in one of his forum on Halacha. The Marikash was Rabbi Yaakov Castro. Rabbi Yaakov Castro lived in the 1500s in Egypt. And he was a huge Sephardish Apoisik. To the point he took upon his shoulders to argue on Rabbi Yosef Kaira, who they were contemporaries. Mm. In fact, he actually once went to Tzfas, he spent a Shabbos by the Beis of Kair, and he writes how he, the whole Shabbos he was looking at what Kair was doing to catch him on things. Yeah. Either way, the Chidor says the guy was so big that in Egypt, which was a Sephardish populace, they accepted on themselves that whenever the Yaakov Castro argues on the Shulchan Aruch, Rabbi of Kair, we're going to take Rabbi Yaakov Castro. That's how great the man was. Now, Rabbi Yaakov Castro says, Nearly, it seems to me, everyone agrees you can open up a chumish, to see what apostle comes up. That's not nichush, the Torah is our life. Like we find by the king Yoshiyahu. Very quickly, that Yoshiyahu, the king, one of the last kings in the first Beis Hamikdash, wanted to renovate the Beis Hamikdash. The Kayan Godel at the time, his name was Chilkiyahu. He's renovating, he comes across a Sefer Torah. He opens it up, he sees Parshas Kisavai, God will take you and your king into exile. So Chilkiyo comes to the king Yeshio and says, you know what I saw? And they took that as a horrible omen and they sent it to the prophetess Chulda to interpret. Says Yeshio, says the, uh, the Marikash, you see? What you f- if you open up a Chumash, you can take that as a sign from heaven. B'chein Amad, that's what people do. Continues the Chidot. What was the end of that story? Hold, it was um, true. Hold a lie to them. She was. No, no, no. Hold said that there will be destructions. No, but she stopped. But because, she told them to, there's a way around, a wa- around well, it. Well, she told, she said, because the king Yeshua is a good man, he won't see yeah. the destruction in his life. Taka, he died, he died a young man, he was in his 30s. But Vihime says the Chidah, it says in Yalkut and Mishlei, if you want to take Eitzah from the Torah, take. If you want to ask advice from the Chumish, take. What does that mean, says the Chidah? It means open it up and start reading. If you have a question. The Chayn David says, I'll speak in your Pesukim. Mashma says the Chidor that to take an Eitzah from the Torah, now it could just mean you hear a drosha, take a lesson. Says the Chidor, no, it literally means to ask a question 
Open up the Bible, and there's your answer. After it's Bechlal, opening up the Torah to see a pasuk, whatever comes your way. And then he says, I found a kuntras, a manuscript from a Leo Akoyen of Izmir, the author of the Shevet Musas, the guy that we mentioned, Shekasa. Rebel Yo Akoyen Izmir says, I have a tradition from my masters. When they wanted to do something and they were unsure to do it or not, they would take a Chumish or the Arbo the Esrim, that's a Tanakh, the 24 Sfarim, and they would open it up and they would look at the top of the page, whatever it said, that's what they would do. And it was as if they were asking the Torah, what should they do? And that's what the Medrash means, to take Eitzah from the Chumash. And the Einze Bichlal Meshtamish B'Torah. And um, the Chidah is again quoting a manuscript from a Leoah, Koen of Izmir. It's not called using Torah for your own means. It's called Pashat asking Torah what you should do. Okay. So hold on, so, 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 hold on, so concerning that, let's just, hold on, I want to look, look, go back to the first page, number six. Go back to the first page, number six, and we're going to wrap up. I'll tell you the rugged trouble quickly in a moment. But number six on the first page, this is the Rebbe. it's known, Minig Yisrael, this is a Sichin Tovshin Mem Tes, Bamidbar. Says the Rebbe. What does this mean? means from way... Look at the sikhs, look at the difference. Says the Rebbe, it's known the custom from way back when, people wanted to work out how they should act. Binyani Rishus means not a halachic shayla, but you know. They would make a girl. Like to open a holy book, a chumish, and wherever the book opened up to is Bashkacha Pratis, they would find a sign. And based on that, says the Rebbe, they would decide what they would act upon it. Not just to say, ah, that's a good sign, I was going to do that anyway, it's a good sign. No! To act based on what you find. And they would explain that since the Savior opened up to this Pasuk, it's a simon from heaven that God wants me to do this. But look on the left-hand side, is the Rebbe's footnote, Ulohar, it says the Rebbe... So this is from the same Sikha? Yeah, yeah, same Sikha. The Rebbe wrote this, that because of how careful you have to be from misusing holy books, perhaps it's Kedai Lihimana, not to use holy books Upshita for sure if the question you have is is a, a mundane question you know which restaurant you should go to that night right the mm-hmm. make a girl with other ways not holy books mm. but and to point out the Rebbe says Bechlau girls from heaven so you don't have to use a holy book anything you use so oh. the one the Rebbe says don't use forum this is this girl is, is but, but, but yeah so it happens to be, though, before I get into the Rogan Shop, I will tell you. What? <laughs> right, so, so, no, so, so. The Unless it's in the Hey, what, I don't know. What should I do with my life? I don't know. Should I, get, uh, get should I, I don't know. You know 
which I don't know. Which voices should I support? It, it would right. not be in Yon No, no, no. That would be a mitzvah thing. I think engaged would be would be mitzvah. It's a mitzvah to be something which the Torah directs you a certain way. He said something which no, isn't no, clearly no. defined oh, by Torah. No, 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 no. In Yon Echol, this is... Right, right. If it's not directly a mitzvah. That's I don't know. Let's say you're not sure someone someone's asking you for help and you're not sure really if helping them is good for them or bad for them. I don't know. You know, so it's obviously sure that would be a mitzvah, right? Right. Anyhow, it happens to be during the times of the Tzemach Sedek there was a great draw for the Shloima Kluger, the Shloima the sharp one, who, by the way, the Tzemach Sedek would send him questions. He was a rabbi in Brod in the now it's in the western Ukraine. Mentes, Mentes. So this is one of the other. This is the yeah, it's the yeah. lady. Eighty nine showed me this years ago. Yeah, eighty nine. So, uh, Shloim Kluger says like this. Where do you get the source? But his Rebbe is not. Yeah, oh, Mandel is no. his uncle. Yeah, and he showed you this. Some say wow. when the Rebbe says don't use holy books, he means Tanakh. But right, Igris, right, Igris, that would be uh, Igris isn't holy. If someone's oh, writing to Igris, apparently they hold Igris is really holy. Why? Because Igris is a book of advice. No, 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 no. Igris did not start off that way. Igris is the the no, Rebbe's letters. If you want to see he what the Rebbe said about certain things, but is it is it is no like Tanakh? Maybe no. Real. By the way, no, no, no. The Rebbe said. The Rebbe said for sure not in Yonechel, meaning there's room to say maybe even in Yonechel there's also no, because you have to be very, very careful. Maybe it's Kedai not to use holy saying, books, and for sure not if it's in Yonechel, meaning even if it's in Yonechel Mitzvah. Right. Right. No, but he's no. saying you have to be very careful. He's saying it's your. This is. No, he says you should not do it. Right. Be careful. Be careful. Sure, don't. Sure, don't. Chassidim always put their letters in spots. But still, open up the safe and hold No, maybe you should put it in the safe and then you're playing with fire with holy books. Right, they got it to their right, right, but right, and for right, sure, right. that's the way you right. send the question. Don't. For sure, not. Yes, that's but the other stuff you could. Don't play with fire. Don't, don't, don't take it lightly. Don't take it lightly. The way, the way it's worded is that even everything they just don't find the right answer. Who gives you the right to open up the fire? You open up. Not for everything you should. Before anything, it says a little higher that because it's because of everything, because of Sivrikaydash, you should stay away. No, so the Vartis obviously without question. What does any the Rebbe made that very well. The Chumash is not like a suggestion. The Rebbe made that very well. Yes, it is. That's like a question. It's just like stay away from anything. Chel is without question. But it's not that you're not allowed to. Because it's so playing with fire. And we're not careful enough. So the Rebbe there is quoting from one of the greatest stories of Rebbe. Right, don't do it. Yeah. Chavis Yor is a big love in Germany. You definitely can't use it. Willy nil. What is the girdle? But then again, what is the what is the what is what does it mean by holy books? Mandy, what's the girdle? He's pointing out. He's pointing out. There's two things. There's the safer. Hold on. Hold on. There's the safer. There's the girdle. Then he puts them together. Now, we know the Vilna God's girdle was to open a safer. So that's simply why then he puts them together because that was the girdle. not talking about that. Talking about a different type of girdle. Yeah, because he's saying for sale. He's saying not to use the safer. Used girdle though. Oh, in the, oh, in the note, right? in the note, yeah. in the note. Oh, yeah. oh, 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 what oh. girdles? Oh, what is girdle? Fine, fine, fine. So yeah, the, the Rebbe there also quotes. There's a sefer called Chavis Yoyer. 
His name was Yorichaim Bachrach. He was one of the greatest uh, scholars of the last 500 years. He lived in the 1600s in Germany, and his opinions are very, very important and very weighty. And he writes, he's a big fan for Goyrels. By the way, Rabbi Vadya Yosef has a whole tshuva. If you're on a boat and the boat's about to, to sink, can you make a Goyrel like they did by Yoyna? Halacha Lamaisa. It's a whole discussion. I have another shi'a on it. Can you make a Goyrel and throw someone off the boat? How do you make the Goyrel? Ho, ho. So the Chavis Yori was a big fan of Goyrels. No, Pasha, you put numbers in a hat and take out. Like, like, like the Kehanim. The Kehanim did it in the base Literally. of English. With you sticks. names in a hat and you pluck it. Mama yeah. Yeah. Just like they did in the base of English by the, two, by the two goats in the base no. of English. One ah, yeah, they did it with this. Yes. Yes. Yeah, exactly. No, Mama Shazam. Moshe did it with sticks. One, oh yeah, no, that's the second part. They did one and two. Yes. But then they also had sticks that they pulled out. Wasn't there sticks? That's the good idea. Buy or not buy? Buy or not buy? Something else with sticks. And that's what the Rebbe says, Mina Shemayim. So, 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 then you always do any meeting. Okay, you're speaking about... Uh, I don't want to go behind him. I know where it's going to end if you know there's 10 people. Yeah, pretty pro. Pretty pro. Yeah. But the kids always used to... Yeah. 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 Hold on. Okay, okay, okay. Let's wrap up. Let's wrap up. Let's wrap up. It happens to be that in the Reb Shloim Kluger in the times of the Semach Sedek said, when it comes to... Go, go, go. Reb Shloim is the problem. What? Yeah. This is pretty good. Why? It's a holy book. Yeah. No. 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 Yeah. This is Sifrei Kedush. No. And then Kedush stay away also. Who like it? That's a strong. No. No. Because he shouldn't have said Shari Fanim. He should have said make a girl but Shari Korim. Mendel. Okay. So who like me? You have to be really. Right. No. That's a proof. If it's only Tanakh, no, he yeah, could have said use Shar Sfarim. Shar Sfarim is no books. What does Sifrei Kedush mean? No, but the Rebbe says make a girl, but shot other ways. He doesn't say other books. He says other ways. Right. Yeah, he doesn't say you could put it in in the Friedrich Rebbe's Igros Kedush. But what, what, so could you put it in a, in a, in, a, in a dictionary? They found it. Uh, it's not a holy book. Yeah. Not a holy book. So why other ways? Because he's saying the right. fact that it says other it's ways is, is, is limiting books. books. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know, but that's well, why I'm asking. Does Sifrei Kedush mean only right, right, like right, a canon, right. Right. or is yeah. it is is it some I'm a Irish? Funny, right? Because an actual Sifrei the Rebbe seems to be very pro the whole thing, and then boom, here he comes. Yeah, you say no. I just want to know if it's called a holy book. I didn't hear you say no. When you answer, no. It doesn't mean that. It's a tough one. Even Ulai, Ulai, maybe it's worth it not to do it. By the way, most most people that that write. Speaking of machine, that's it. I said, maybe it's a guy not to do it. Anyhow, yeah, anyhow, so it's to enlighten further enlighten. Okay, mean like don't. Reb McKluger, the big of the Tamsim Masedek, does have a tshuva where he says like this: There's a difference to make a goyrul to to know what the future is versus to make a goyrul of you know whether someone should become a chazan, who should be chazan, 
a girl of which goat's going to go to the Azazel, which goat to the... To make a girl to decide something is okay, but he says to make a girl try and figure out the future, that's when you get into nichush, which is which is hard. And then I know, I know, like opening a safer to decide. I was saying by Amazon or by Google, right? That's what the Rebbe's mashmai would do a girl. No, that's fine, but like to try and figure out the future, right? The problem. But wait a second. Decide is what to buy do Amazon is figuring out your own great. destiny. That's so true. it's Maybe a very it difficult thing. Right. Right. Anyhow, let's. I want to get to the rugged shovel. We're finishing this rugged shovel. Is mind blowing. We're going to do it fast. Don't do it so fast. There are three pieces here. Right. Um, the rugged shovel. Less than ten. Less than ten minutes. The the rugged shovel. Akon, to understand the rugged shovel, you got to go back to number one and see Tosfos. Tosfos says a very simple point, but it mamish should revolutionize the whole story. I knew you didn't put it. Our yeah. goyim, our <laughs> goyim, exactly. Put it there for nothing. Yeah, no, no, it's like uh, I just did an escape room. I was going crazy because on the one hand, you think everything has to be there for a reason, right? But actually, half the stuff was there for no reason. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was going crazy. I was going crazy. I was going crazy. Yeah, you never know what they put you just to throw you <laughs> off, or uh, anyhow, I'm a sugar, and I couldn't get out of the first room. Anyhow, anyhow, are goyim allowed to do magic? It's not one of the seven averus. In Masech the Sanhedrin, the Gemara says, according to Rabbi Shimon Bayachai, goyim are not allowed to do kishuf, sorcery. Rabbi Yoisi adds not only sorcery but all the black arts, including nichush, divining. Goyim can't do that. So wait a second. That means Eliezer couldn't do it. So Toysus says, go back to number one. Toysus, Toysus asks what everybody's been asking. The Imtoimer, how could Eliezer have done nichush according to the opinion of Sanhedrin that anything written together with sorcery a Ben Noyach is also to do? How could Eliezer have done it? Says Toysfus, this is the bombshell. Tahu Tana, the opinion that holds that a goy can't do nichush, will say, Eliezer did not give her the bracelets until he first asked her who she is. First he asked her, then he gave the bracelets. I, it says he first gave the bracelets, ain't muktu muchbatars out of order. And the proof is because when Eliezer told it over to the family, he flips it around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Says yeah. Tosis, that was the real Everybody way. Everybody else explains it the other way. Exactly, yeah. exactly, 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 exactly. So hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, that's a good point. That's a good, there's, a, there's an arichus about that as well. Hold on, wait, wait. So Tosis says that really Eliezer didn't do any nichush. So the Marsha says, what? Rav in the Gemara says Eliezer did nichush. So the Marsha says... Rav holds Goyim are allowed to do Nichush. Yeah. It's only Rabbi Yaisi who says not. In other words, what Toysus is doing is saying like this. If you hold the Goyim can't do magic or Nichush, you have to say Eliezer first, ask her who she is. And then, obviously, he's going to yeah, this is the girl. She's from the family. If you hold the Goyim allowed to do Nichush, then you're going to hold like Rav that Itake did Nichush. But it's a he either did it this way or he did it that way. Yeah. However, well, you have a steer in right? The way you told her, which one is it? It's a machlekes. Oh, so what does the Rambam taka hold? Does the Rambam hold goyim are allowed to do nichush? Uh, so the kesef on number two, there's also on the side there, I put the commentary of Rabbi Yosef Kaira on the Rambam, the kesef Mishnah. 
where he says just in the beginning, he says the Rambam holds goyim are allowed to do magic. The Kesef Mishnah says, look at the Rambam in Hilchus Malach, and the Rambam says there's seven things they can't do. The Rambam adds they can't graft different trees and they can't have different animals working together. The Rambam doesn't write castration, which is one opinion in Sanhedrin, and the Rambam does not write magic. So, ah, oh, so the Rambam holds goyim are allowed to do nichush. So according to the Rambam, did Eliezer do divination? He did. It's not a problem. It's not a problem. The Ravid holds a goy can't do divination. That's why the Ravid said, how could you say that? In other words, what Toysfus does is he opens up a whole new ball game. That did Eliezer do nichush or not? It depends. If he was allowed to, then he did, like the Rambam. If he can't, like the Ravid, then he didn't. So the Rogat Shavit says like this. He says... Pretty good answer for the Rambam. Right, right. So the Rambam's a simple, simple. Here's the thing. I'm going to start like this. While Rivka was busy feeding the camels, Eliezer says, He was waiting. What was he waiting for? The Rogat Shavit learns Eliezer was busy figuring out in his mind, I'm a Ben Noyach, I'm a Goy. Am I restricted in doing divination or am I allowed to? He wasn't sure. If he's allowed to do divination, then his, he'll rely on his omen and he'll give her the bracelets and then ask her for her ID. If he's not allowed to do or divination, or first. first after. But what's this based on? How is Eliezer going to figure out if he's allowed to do nichush or not? It depends if there's hashkoch protos on goyim. The Rambam in Meron Avuchim says, on animals, Hashem only has a general hashkoch on the species, not the individual animal. Now, not that Hashem doesn't know, knowledge he has, but the hashkocha to care, it's only on the species, the Rambam says. says. The Rambam. Rambam. Now, the Bashem Tov obviously Bashem disagrees, yeah. but the Rambam's opinion is, but on a Yid, and anything to do with a Yid, the Eibishta has particular hashkocha in every detail. So Yid and yeah, animals not. What about Goyim? The Rambam casually left out Goyim. So says the Rogat Shava like this. Why can't you do magic? Or why can't you divine? If you're divining that if this happens, you're deciding your own fate. What do you mean? God decides. Yeah, if the Eivich is mashkiach on you as, a, as an individual, you, there's no place for you to divine. But if there's no ashkoch protest on me, it means my fate is not really um, under... The Eivich does not decide my fate for me, so then I can figure it out myself. So the answer Okay, but all right, but Avram was also a Ben Noach at the time. They weren't really eating. right, right. Good point. That's a good point. That's true. No, but uh, in the Rambam's opinion, the Rambam holds a guy doesn't have. But the Rogat Shavu says Eliezer wasn't sure. Now, by the way, the Rogat. So in number nine, number nine is from the Rogat Shavu in his commentary on Chumash in Parshas Bahar on the Haftarah. The Rebbe quotes this in The Rogat Shavu says. There's a debate in Sanhedrin. If you hear a guy curse out the Ebishtah, God forbid, do you have to tear Kriya? For a year, do you have to tear your clothes? What about a guy? It's a debate. It's a debate in Gemara. In Yerushalmi, look at number line in the first line. Va'ayim be Yerushalmi in Sanhedrin, where there it says you do have to tear, and it learns from a passage where Hashem says, I am the God of all flesh. The Tzorich, in number nine, second line, you have to tear when you hear a guy uh, ben Hashem, means curse Hashem. And the source is from a pasuk where Hashem says, "I rule over all flesh." So the Rogatchov explains for Sonalaymar that that pasuk proves that goyim have hashkocha protest. They're not absent like the rivet holds. What's he talking about? 
The Rambam and Raivan have a debate if you shecht an animal. If, sorry, not you. A guy shechts an animal. If the animal is considered to be shechted, there's no tumor. There's no tumor to it. But if it's like it died on its own, there's tumor. The Rambam holds the guy shechted it, it was shechted. Minatur, there's no tumor. But because you're not allowed to eat from a guy shechted, the Chachomim consider the animal tummy. The Raivan said, what a guy can't shecht a guy is nobody. A guy is just part of the general nation. He's not a somebody that his action is significant. And if a guy shechts, it's like the animal died on its own. It's Tomei biblically. The Rogachava learns what's derived in Rambam's debate. Is there hashkocha protest on the guy? Does that individual guy make a difference? And the Rogachava learns that's the same debate. You have to tear Kriya when a guy curses God. He says because, he says in the second last line, right, right, and he actually, he, he adds a strange thing. He says, if the guy Taka curses God, he acts like an animal. He removed himself from the Hashkocha Pratis. That's why you have to tear Kriya. If a guy was under Hashkocha Pratis, so when he curses God, you've got to tear Kriya because the guy has now torn himself away from the Ebishter. The opinion that holds you don't have to tear holds that the guy never had Hashkocha Pratis. To now go to number 10. Says the Rugged Shaver, go about 10 words in. Why was it what? No, that the, the two debates, the debate of the Rambam and the Ravid of whether when the Goy Shechts it counts, and the debate in Gomorrah whether you have to tear Kriya when a Goy curses Hashem, it all depends if there's a Shkacha Pratis on there. It's the same. Right. Right. So look what he says in number 10. The end of the first line, he quotes Taisus and Chulun. We saw that. He quotes the Rambam. Look in the second line, Ayn Shamba Sogis, that's the Ravid. Says the Rugged Shavar. Im Geder Nachash. If you say a guy can't do magic and can't do nichush, so what's going on with Eliezer? This Eliezer was unsure. Eliezer wasn't sure first to give her the bracelets or to ask her who she is. What does that depend on? Whether a guy can do magic or not? Is there a guy? If there is, and how he, he has no right to decide his own fate, God's deciding it for him. Okay, good, good question. Yeah, good question. Oh, at that point, he's Muzar al And then he has some fancy philosophical words because it looks like you're trying to change your destiny through the tricks of nature, but God is deciding for you. But Ve'im Loi, in the fourth line in the beginning, if the Goy and Eliezer are not under Ashkocha Protest, then he's allowed to figure out his own destiny, his Mutter. And that's what it means, Machrish. Oh, he says, unbelievable. The Pasuk says, Eliezer was waiting. Machrish, he wanted to know, was Hashem Matzliach Darkoi? Was the Abish to make my path successful? Was God looking after me as an individual? If he was, and I can't do the omen, then I first have to ask her who she is. What was Eliezer's maskana? Well, that, according to that, the one that he gave first. Well, well, well the way he learns is Eliezer was machria that Benoyach does not have Ashkocha Protest, and therefore he's allowed a divine. Benoyach ain Muzar al and therefore, you know what Eliezer did? He, he betrothed the right of Asamais, based on his own omen, he acted. The kitchen, he actually engaged her. How old was Rivka at the time? It's a debate in Medrash Rabbah if she was three or 14. And uh, Ki'ata, because now she's 14 years, like Tosha says in Yavamas, okay. 
The point of that is, if she's 14 years old, she can accept the Kiddushin herself. Without, the point of the... Exactly. Home. The point of the Ragachov is Eliezer was so... Eliezer reached a conclusion that he has no Ashkara process, so he can decide his By own way, fate. I was thinking of that in general. How could you even say that he gave her a Kiddushin before they went home? Right. If, according to one right. of the... Right. So, well, right. That's a great question. So, if she was 14, like Taisa says, then that would make sense. Oh, but then he says, unbelievable. You're going to be licking your fingers, not just from the strawberry. Achmikoma, look what happens. So I took a bite. It was when Eliezer came home. What does Lavan tell him? Come into my house, the one who's blessed by God. And he was telling him, "You are under Ashkocha Pratis." So you know what Eliezer did? He had to switch it around. He said, first I asked her, and then I gave, because otherwise he'd be incriminating himself." Look what he looks at reading inside. He says, "And fascinating." Mikal Malkum afterwards, Bisman Shesiprazil when he told it to them, and Lovin says, "You are Baruch Hashem," and he sends it to your Shami. I can tell you your Shami later. the Lovin Omar, you are benched by God. Gam Ben Noach is Gedra Shkochel Yoyna from Etzlech's God. No big no good. What happened was the the pasuk says Rivka came running to Lovin. What did Rivka say? Rivka showed Lavan the jewelry, and then she told Lavan what Eliezer said. Meaning, she told Lavan first, Eliezer betrothed me. Then he asked me who I was. This guy's a diviner. He's a magician. He can't do that. He's chayiv misa. He can't trust the guy. So Lavan wanted to trust him because he wanted no, his money. So no, he said, "No, no, you're so, blessed so, by so, God." So Lavan already heard from Rivka what he did. So Lavan's like, "You're bruch Hashem." You're benched by God. The Abishta cares about you as an individual. Therefore, you can't decide your own fate. How did you act on the Oman and give her the bracelets? So Eliezer flipped it. So therefore, he flipped it and said, Ritna. Therefore, he flips it. Because he was worried they would kill him. Now, and he quotes the Yerushalmi in Kedushin. The Yerushalmi says a goy can, a goy can be killed from his own... Uh, Admitting, yeah, it's a debate between the Rambam and the Chinuch. The Rambam holds a guy needs a one witness to testify. The Sefer Chinuch holds a guy can incriminate himself. So he right. therefore that's why he flipped it around. That's the story. Because but that's Lovan, assuming that Lavan was Lovan, righteously accusing him. Assuming Lavan was a big lying. Yeah, and, and, and he was righteously assuming. Yeah, yeah, he was like, a big guy, and then he felt God loves me. You know, God cares about me. Like just yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. 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 he's just happy. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Not Listen, he's Rivka's out. sister. At the end of the day, sister. I mean, Rivka's his sister. According to some, Lovin was Bilam. We had a share about that, right? And Bilam was a Navi. Hashem came to Lovin in a dream. Yeah. And Vayet said, "The guy's not a simple fellow." Yeah. God speaks to him in the dreams. Right. Lovin was Bilam. That was in the Pinchas one. And then he came afterwards to spank That was the Pinchas shield. You were Billam then. One second, and then he came afterwards to curse his grandchildren? That's what the Targum Innocent says. That's why Billam said, Hashem benched, how could he curse? Meaning, I... I've benched a Yid in the past. When he was loving, he benched the family, right? And Vayetze. I'm a flip-flop. I want to change my mind. But God, God doesn't change his mind. 
Anyhow, so it's a fascinating twist in the whole story. It is. It's fascinating, but it, it's wild that Lovin is attacking him for doing something wrong. That's really is afflicted. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Lovin just wanted an excuse to kill him. No, but Lovin. Eliezer is where he got, he said a little bit more about. Uh, uh, he said that Rivka right, told over Lovin that he gave the bracelet, and then he asked why it was. Now that she she was telling him this guy's a sorcerer. That's why he's the food because he knew this. Anyhow, he's kind of repeating. That's a good part. Lovin wanted to kill him because of being a, the diviner. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So that's, so that's it's not that he was scared. He switched the story. He also switched the plates quickly. Not because he knew, he was scared. It's not that he was a tzaddik trying to do the right thing. He was trying to get him a, a death penalty. <laughs> I don't know, this seems worse than saying that all this stuff is a vision. Like, you're really, like, 